0: Hello, and welcome to the Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I am your host, Leah Poconis. All construction professionals are affected by environmental requirements. Before breaking ground, most infrastructure projects must receive a lot of environmental approvals that are required by a bunch of different environmental laws, and they're administered by many different regulatory agencies and program offices. As you know, if you do not properly manage these requirements, they can delay, if not threaten your construction projects and really increase your cost of doing business. During today's discussion, we want to highlight recent steps the Biden administration has taken specific to the environment and talk about how AGC is engaging on these issues. We're going to focus on a few top environmental issues that impact the permitting of your projects. To help me do that, it's my pleasure to welcome Melinda Tomeno to the conversation. Melinda is AGC's Director of Environmental Services, and she and I have worked together for a really long time. Melinda heads up AGC's Environmental Services Program, which is designed to help contractors stay on top of environmental requirements, advances in green construction, and a lot of other need-to-know environmental issues. Melinda also plays a huge role in helping to educate government regulators and lawmakers on the business of construction, and in helping to increase contractor involvement in national policymaking. Welcome to the show, Melinda. Melinda.
1: Thanks for having me today, Leah. I look forward to the
0: discussion. Yes, me too. So every time you have a switch and who's running the U.S. government, there's always a tremendous amount of change. But this time, it really seems like it's even more and that the swing of the political pendulum is pretty extreme in an effort to reverse past President Trump's environmental actions. And then at the same time, our new Biden administration is setting their own priorities of climate change and environmental justice. How is AGC making timely decisions and how are you going about setting priorities so you don't feel like you're kind of like drinking from the fire hose?
1: While it is a bit challenging right now, because so many things are happening at once, it's easy to try to fix everything and lose focus. So we work closely with our members in order to set clear priorities, the biggest of which is not to lose ground on areas where we have made progress in streamlining the environmental review and approval process. All of our focus right now is on permitting. Infrastructure is vital to President Biden's Goals to increase resilience, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and improve disadvantaged communities. All of that can be derailed and delayed by the permitting process. There are several environmental regulations that impact permitting, and all of the regulatory programs are facing a time of transition right now. We are focusing on four key areas Waters of the United States, or WODIS, species related issues, climate change policy developments as well as implications for projects, and then lastly, environmental reviews and approvals such as under the National Environmental Policy Act.
0: Great. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. As the voice of the construction industry, AGC really has a very important role to play in helping our federal regulatory agencies understand the construction process and of course in making sure that there are plenty of opportunities for engagement and open dialogue with contractors. We want to make sure that environmental rules are economically feasible based on sound science and workable on a construction job site. So with that little bit of kind of overarching background, let's start with what you called WOTUS, Waters of the United States, Can you, Melinda, give us some background on why is the definition of waters of the United States important to contractors? And then after you give us some background, we can talk about what
1: AGC has been doing. Great. And I'm just going to ask you to bear with me if I sound a bit technical for a minute to give this background. The Clean Water Act grants the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency jurisdiction over navigable waters, which they call waters of the United States without any further clarification. Both the federal agencies and the courts have long struggled to define woe this, to establish which waters are regulated by the federal government and which ones fall under the jurisdiction of state and local governments for protection. This is super important because work in or around federal waters requires a federal permit, which is a big deal and unfortunately can be costly and very time-consuming. So you have a, a tug of war that's been going on over the last couple of decades as federal agencies try to expand the types of waters that require a federal permit and the courts push back without providing clear instruction, which leaves a lot of gray area for the agencies to assert jurisdiction over mostly dry areas, that are far away from any navigable water that's traditionally covered by the act.
0: And so I imagine that's one of the things that AGC is most concerned about. But can you elaborate a little bit more? Like what's AGC most
1: worried about? Yeah, AGC is most concerned that ditches and stormwater control measures like sediment basins will be considered federal waters. And Congress clearly meant something when they used Navigable. So we we don't want the agencies to be able to just write that out of the rule. And not every bit of water that pools or flows after it rains needs to be a federal water. And lastly, Congress intended the states to take an active role in local water issues, so we do want to make sure that they have a part to play in this as well. But what it really boils down to is that the agency needs rules that are easy to understand, easy to implement in the field, and are consistent. Unfortunately, though, it doesn't look like that will come anytime soon. In fact, it's getting worse. The agencies have proposed a new definition, and at the same time, they're also working on another definition. So if this all goes through, that means our members will have to have complied with five regulations within the last seven years regarding this Wow. So definitely a lot of change
0: and especially a lot for small businesses. I imagine that can be very challenging for the small businesses that make up the bulk of the construction industry, trying to understand and get up to speed on new definitions as they come out. And like you said, clarity and consistency is very important. I'm sure everyone listening is wondering what AGC is doing to kind of get involved and help. So can you please tell us, what is AGC doing?
1: We, of course, talked with members first about how this is going to impact their projects. Then we met with the agency a couple of times, and our Environmental Steering Committee members met with the core. We've also submitted comments as an association and with our coalition partners on the proposed rule and will continue to do so we are currently waiting for the agency's response and to see what they finalize which will likely be this summer but remember the agency is also working on a rule to replace the definition they've just proposed so we will have to go through this all again in a couple of months but we need to push forward and make sure our concerns are heard and addressed to every turn The good news is that we frequently have an open dialogue with the agencies. The staff tends to respect our feedback because we offer ways to improve the rules or how they are backed by real-life issues in the field. That relationship is critical to ensure we have a seat at the table.
0: Melinda, I also wanted to quickly mention that the U.S. Supreme Court is going to be getting involved in the WOTUS issue again and hearing an important case later this year that could hopefully make some meaningful changes to the federal permit programs that fall under the Clean Water Act. Can you say a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Leah. The U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear a case called Sackett versus EPA, likely when their session begins in the fall. And that really gets to the heart of which test the agencies are using to determine federal reach over waters. So their decision in that case could offer clarity that's long been needed in this area and possibly correct some of the overreach within the agencies. But it's definitely going to impact anything that the agencies put out as far as new rules go. We will be discussing some of the major developments within the water issues area at our construction, safety, health, and environmental conference this July. So um, listeners should uh, stay tuned for news about that.
0: Great. Thanks. Looking forward to that. And I'm also going to mention that AGC is joining with the National Federation of Independent Business and Cato Institute in submitting what's called a friend of the court amicus brief and calling for more clarity. So really trying to get clarity and how closely connected to like, say, a navigable river, a, a wet area needs to be for the Clean Water Act regs to kick in and how permanent must that water be? So, all right, let's switch topics here and talk about the Migratory Bird Treaty Act and recent changes in the rules that protect migratory birds. And I should note that migratory birds include approximately 90 percent of all birds in North North America. So this
1: um, is a pretty big deal. Well, it was no surprise that immediately after getting into office, the Biden administration reversed course on how they will handle incidental take of migratory birds moving forward and this is when you aren't intending to harm a bird or a nest but it happens by mistake or in the course of normal business activities. Uh, A classic example of this is when you're driving a car and a migratory bird hits your windshield but when this happens on a job site there can be criminal repercussions and these birds can be next to impossible to avoid. As you as you mentioned, there's 90% of all birds in North America. Currently, the Biden administration is working on a possible permitting program for incidental take, and we've already provided early feedback on that, and we'll be tracking it very closely. And of course, we're working with members and a coalition of partners to describe how migratory bird policies will impact projects and how to make any permitting program the most efficient it can be. I know that we don't have a lot of time on today's podcast, but there's actually quite a lot going on in the area of endangered species as well. AGC will also stay engaged in that area because any changes will impact projects. When and where you can build and what types of permissions and mitigating practices you will need to do to be in compliance. So stay tuned for more information there as well via our newsletter, or on the environmental section of AGC's website at agc.org environment.
0: Okay, great. So that is a good website to check out to track AGC work on these issues that we've talked about and what we're about to talk about and a whole bunch of other things. We'll put that website address in the show notes and also provide direct links to some of our recent articles for people who want to dive a little deeper. But now let's talk for a few minutes about a topic that everyone is thinking about right now, I'm sure if you've tuned in to listen to this podcast, and that is, of course, climate change, which is a really big topic in the news, in the press, and everywhere right now. Can you give us an update on that topic, Melinda, how it's impacting construction and what AGC is doing to get involved?
1: Sure. I keep saying this. I sound like a broken record, but... One of the very first things Biden did as president was to prioritize climate change and set into motion a quote-unquote all-of-government response. The agencies will be focusing on climate change in their regulatory actions and in their operational decision-making. The federal government is clearly looking to be a model for state and business actions on climate, and they're looking to reduce emissions from their own fleets and buildings and in their own purchasing. AGC has been talking about sustainability and green construction for going on two decades. The climate change discussion is related, but it's not interchangeable. As an industry, we will need to learn what is expected of us in this new environment, what is the realm of the possible with technology now versus further into the future, and how we can contribute.
0: So, Should we be expecting regulatory action and new requirements coming down the pike?
1: Yes, we absolutely expect regulatory action on this in the future. But right now, we are seeing activity in two main areas. First, requirements and requests from owners. And second, requirements and program developments within the federal agencies. So, for example, we are seeing increased interest in all industries' contributions to the overall emissions and steps that can be taken to reduce those emissions. Specific to construction, members have reported getting questions about their emissions, both from equipment, electricity use, and in their supply chains. At the same time, we are seeing a lot of preliminary actions within the federal agencies to address climate in rulemakings, project approvals, and permitting as well as procurement. We need to stay on top of these developments and respond to them.
0: Wow, that's a lot to keep track of. How are members going to follow all these changes and what are steps that AGC is taking to help share information on climate priorities and requirements as things are
1: evolving? Great question. It's really challenging to keep on top of all the developments. Uh, We want each and every one of you to know that the AGC Board of Directors has made climate change policies a priority for the association to address. As always, we start by listening to you, our members, via task forces and within AGC's member groups. The kickoff task force last year identified several areas where the construction industry needs to be a part of the national discussion, and the board established additional task forces to ensure we are addressing developments and solutions in three key areas, technology, supply chains, and building safe and healthy communities. These three task forces have been meeting with experts with an eye towards recommending the most important topics for members to learn about and where AGC needs to engage further. With their help, we have revamped our resources online related to this topic and invite you to go to agc.org/slash/environment to learn more, and stay tuned for more educational opportunities throughout the year. I know this is an issue we'll definitely cover at our July conference as well. Great.
0: So, I want to talk about one more topic. As you shared at the beginning, um, we want to cover NEPA our National Environmental Policy Act developments, and all of this comes to a point with NEPA. So. What can you tell us about developments in that area?
1: Well, NEPA is is how the environmental impacts of a project are reviewed and approved when there is some kind of federal connection. So that could be federal funding or a federal permit or work on federal lands. So for example, if a project needs a permit to work in or near a WOTUS, then that would trigger review under NEPA. It's a comprehensive process and makes sure that federal actions have considered impacts to water, species, air quality, and also climate. It also often involves conducting studies and surveys as well as the evaluation of alternatives to that action. As you can imagine, the process can be long and expensive ordeal. We're proud that we worked hard to gain acceptance of streamlining measures such as one federal decision that set a deadline of two years to go through NEPA. It's definitely an uphill battle. The current administration wants to advance infrastructure projects, but at the same time, they're adding to all the steps you already need to go through to break ground, which can make it take even longer and cost even more money. So we're fighting that dichotomy where the very projects we need to build resilience to climate change or improve communities are hamstrung. To some, Streamlining means cutting corners, but we want to just cut the duplication, set deadlines. There are lots of process improvements that you can make without sacrificing environmental protections. So I think some
0: common themes that you've shared with us throughout our conversation has been, you know, the importance of timelines, deadlines, having clarity, making sure that things are clear, easy to understand, that contractors can follow their requirements, they're capable of being implemented in the field, and that everyone working together can help protect the environment. So I really appreciate, Melinda, all uh, those updates that you shared with us and all that useful information. We're working with several different coalitions, too, on these efforts, and I I wanted to mention that as well, that with the um, work we're doing in the water area, we've got some great national coalition partners. Same with Species, there's a group that we work with, and then also with NEPA. All right, so in closing, I want to review some next steps and talk about where do we go from here? Can you give us a call to action?
1: Well, you were mentioning common themes before. I think another common theme is how we benefit from hearing from each of you. We like to say that we're only as effective as the feedback we get from our members and your feedback really does ensure that our recommendations to federal agencies are backed by an understanding of how the requirements will play out in the field with real life examples of challenges and opportunities. Your participation also makes sure that we are prioritizing the right things. As we mentioned at the beginning, the changes are coming fast and it's easy to get overwhelmed without the focus that members help provide. As far as like a call for action, there are multiple ways that you can get involved. AGC provides a few forums from attending some of our meetings and conferences, such as the Construction Safety Health and Environmental Conference in July, or the peer group discussion for in-house environmental managers scheduled at that same time. Or you can join in the Environmental Forum and eForum listserv to hear about new developments, as well as opportunities for feedback. And then you can also participate in a issue-specific task force or work group as they become available such as we have going on with the climate change issue, or you can also serve a longer-term role on the steering committee for AGC's Environmental Forum, which is a leadership position. Just go to agc.org environment or email me with any questions. My contact information is right there on that webpage.
0: Great. So lots of ways to get involved, lots of exciting opportunities to come together with other like-minded environmental professionals that work for construction firms and share best practices, learn from one another, learn from AGC. So I hope that folks take advantage of some of these or all of these opportunities and Again, we'll put some links in the show notes to make it easy for you to connect and find out more. So I want to thank you again, Melinda, for your time with us today. And I want to thank everyone out there for listening. So this has been another episode of Constructor Cast. Please subscribe from your podcast app, or you can stream all available episodes right from your computer at agc.org slash ConstructorCast. And if you found this episode valuable, please give us a rating and review because it helps people discover the show. And don't forget, you can also follow us on social media for more construction related content. You can find us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Associated General Contractors of America or the handle at AGC of A. Thanks very much.